Coming up on WealthWorks Radio, most people would agree that 2022 was a rough road. The good news is there are five new savings and tax rules that could help boost your retirement savings. We've got details coming up next. And now, WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Welcome in, everybody. This is WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney and Joseph Lanza. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Of course, Eric, president of Retirement Wealth. Joseph, an independent fiduciary right alongside, and uh, so much more. I could go on, but I won't. I'll I'll save it for later. Hi, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Very well, thanks. Always good to connect with you, Eric. Good morning, Steve. Um, so this is going to be fun. We're talking a little bit about, you know, what the, what the year was like last year and then kind of going forward and, and all of those kinds of things. But you were talking about, we were talking just before we started here about the national debt and, and a little bit about the market. And so let's dig into a bit of that. It was fascinating what you were telling me. Yeah. So next week's show, we've been doing a lot of work on the debt ceiling and also with the uh, national debt that we have right now. And interestingly enough, in, in preparation for the show, I looked up the national debt last night. And last night before I went to bed, it was $31,523,000,000,000. And quickly counting. When I woke up this morning, it was now $31,526,000,000,000. Good God, that's amazing. Yeah, so since we slept, the national debt rose $3 billion. And before we get done with the show today, it's there's a good chance it's going to be up another $1 to $2 billion. And um, what, what people don't realize is our interest on that debt is over $525 billion a year just to pay the interest on that loan. And so... Next week, we're actually going to do a timeline of the U.S. federal debt since since 1776. And by the way, Steve, there was one president in history who actually shrank our debt down to zero. Do you know who that is? I don't. I mean, you know, the only, the only time anybody's talked positive about the debt is what Clinton did. Right, right. And but that's now not it. That's right. And, and actually, I'll, I'll, uh, here we go. President Andrew Jackson in 1835 actually shrank the debt down to zero. In six years, it took him to do that. But when we go through all these figures next week, people are going to be blown away by these numbers. There's no doubt about it. Nope. I'll look forward to that. And uh, so, again, there's always uh, always some interesting stuff going on in there. Yeah, there really is. I mean, you know, and the interesting thing is, is that uh, if you look back in history, you know, clients always really hyper-focus on one problem. And so now it's like, Everybody's like, oh, COVID's gone, interest rates are gone, inflation's gone, but this debt ceiling, I mean, this debt ceiling is the real, real issue. I mean, and you know what? Yeah, well, not really, but you know, but last year inflation was the real, real issue, right? They're they're sitting down in the conference room and like, inflation, Eric, it's terrible. I mean, this is going to ruin everything. But then all of a sudden inflation shrank, right? And more than likely this year, it's going to button down to about two, two and a half percent, I would expect. And so now all of a sudden we're clear from inflation. So now we're on to the next biggest issue that is absolutely going to cripple us. It's not. It's not. And so, but that that's what we believe, right? And so once all this debt ceiling stuff goes away, it's going to be another issue. You know, and, and quite frankly, I, th- I think the bigger issue right now is going to be eventually China and Taiwan. And I don't think it's going to be next year, but I'm, I'm thinking about the following year. And that's going to be a significant issue that hopefully we get some people uh, in the White House that can really take care of this issue. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden war has become in vogue, right? We can go in and we can raid other countries and it's kind of cool, right? But um, so I, I think it's really going to matter what happens with Russia and Ukraine. Um, it, that's going to be interesting. But right now, world economists are already saying that Russia has already crippled their economy. So since they've already done that, why stop now? Because even if they stop, their their economy is still horrible at this point. Sure. So um, I don't I don't really know what what the eventual outcome of that is. I mean, I, I really do feel terrible for the Ukraine people, but I mean they are they are I mean steadfast at defending their country, you know. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing: I can't even imagine if Russia came over and you know they talked before about raiding and and taking over Alaska. 
That would never, ever happen. I know every Floridian would pack all their guns <laughs> and drive up there and defend that state ourselves. I mean, right, right. you don't mess with Floridians and their guns. No. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I mean, it's it's amazing to me, all the people that I know, clients, friends, family that have massive ammunition and they brag about it. Right. It's oh, almost sure. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, you only got twenty five thousand rounds. I got thirty five thousand rounds. You know, I mean, what 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 single person needs thirty five rounds of ammunition? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know what people are thinking out there. Oh, geez, Eric, that's nothing compared to what I got, right? But, <laughs> but they're not even going to tell me. But so anyways, I mean, it's just, you know, th there are going to be always issues that are coming down the pike. And like I said, I mean, the stock market's going to ebb and flow all the time. And we have got to stay ahead of this. This year is going to be no easier than last year. The following year is going to be difficult. You just keep managing that money according to what's going on. Sure. And, and again, you, you know, like you said, there's always something going on. There's always an, another issue. And one of the things, uh, one of, it wasn't really an issue, but it, but it happened was Secure Act 2.0. And that is impacting uh, a lot of us, especially those getting close to retirement or in retirement. Yeah, it changed a lot of the rulings of how we're going to go about retirement and how we're going to get taxed in retirement. And like Eric said, always forward thinking and looking forward, we have to make sure that we know these rules and we're planning for them. Is there new strategies that we can implement or new things that we can take advantage of in order to save more money on taxes, in order to put more money away in those retirement accounts? So you want to make sure that you're keeping on top of these things or you have a financial advisor, financial planner that's adding these things into your financial plan. Well, that's, again, really one of the advantages of working with you. One, you're independent, fiduciary, you know, firm, and you really are forward thinking in terms of uh, you go out there and study this stuff and break it down and help us understand it and help us get to retirement. I like that. Yeah, I think you have to be. And I know a, a big part of our job here is educating and educating our clients because we want them to understand just as well as we do why we're making the moves that we're doing, why we're planning the way that we're planning. Because I think when somebody doesn't fully understand a strategy or they don't fully understand, you know, the the way that their account is being managed, that just leads to so many bad problems with them down the line. You know, miscommunication, they don't understand what's going on. When somebody can go through a rough year like last year and they fully understand the strategy that their advisor is using and they have complete confidence in them, it completely changes the game and the way that they're going through retirement and the confidence that they can have. Sure. Um, folks, if you want to get a head start, it's 800-779-1942. So one of the things that I noticed uh, that changed, and I wasn't expecting it, but that is uh, I got a few extra dollars in my paycheck. That's good. I wish I did. <laughs> well, no, but I mean because of the, because of the withholdding, right? That's what uh, yeah, I'm, that's what I mean, I'm getting. Yeah. I didn't get a raise. Don't get I me wrong. I didn't get the memo on that one. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. it, it's nice with inflation now that we're seeing the income brackets being raised, right? Or mm -hmm. we're seeing that, that limit go up. So a lot of people are going to start to get that boost. And this is something that normally happens every year. And after a year like last year, you're like, gee, I hope it happens, right? When inflation yeah. is as high as it is, we need to make sure that we're going through. And, you know, we saw the increase to the contribution amounts to the Roth IRAs and the IRAs and your 401ks. And this is just trickling down into your income brackets as well. So now less is going to be withholded. It may not be a lot, but like everything on this list, we're going to go through all this stuff adds up and it becomes very important. I love the word withholded yeah yeah <laughs> so here's something interesting i have a great meeting with my uh, team of cpas and these guys are great yeah and then all of a sudden a week later i noticed a decrease in my paycheck what the hell was that meeting for because i got <laughs> i received less money so I, like i look at my paycheck I'm like what the heck is going on here so yeah we have to have another conversation hopefully it won't be a two-hour meeting this time let's Let's hope. Well, and again, starting, I mean, this year, uh, the, the tax, the standard deduction is what it has been. Next year, it's going up. Yeah, the next year. So for a single filer, um, it's actually going up to 13850 And then for a married filing jointly, you're looking at $27,700. So okay. that's a big you know, difference as well, moving in from last year. And like I said, you pair that on top of your income brackets. And now you have this. It's just providing that little bit of relief. And I also want to bring up something from last year that was a big deal for a lot of clients, a lot of people that we started seeing, was tax loss harvesting. Yeah. A lot of advisors in their clients' accounts, you know, there has big losses. People would come in with individual after-tax dollar accounts, things like brokerage accounts. 
and there'd be positions in there that had just took a beating last year. And I'm like, the advisor hasn't sold this yet to at least get the tax lost harvesting. And like, well, we've never really had that discussion with our advisor or they don't really do taxes. And so, you know, there's a lot of these losses in the accounts that the advisor isn't, you know, writing off or realizing inside the account. And even if somebody doesn't have large gains that year, as far as investment income goes, they could still write off up to $3,000 of that loss to their ordinary income or their income taxes. So that's something that helps them as well. So it makes me laugh because, and this is a true story. So late November, I have a client come in and I've been working with this couple for a very long time. And he's like, Eric, are you doing any tax loss harvesting in my joint account? And I'm going through it. I'm like, well, no, like you have no losses that I can write off. And he literally puts his head in both of his hands and he like leans over, you know, like in disgust. Yeah. And I'm like, do you want me to make you money or not? Like, you know, like it was kind of like he was like. I need losses. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, you know, and I'm not not to say that last year, you know, we didn't have, but there was no loss of value. So there was no negative cost basis that we could have written off. I mean, and this is what we talk about in the height of the portfolio prior to last year. If you had pretty good height in the portfolio and you've had some pretty good gains, you know, it's, it's going to help last year. And that's certainly what it did. So, but it's just, it's funny how people get frustrated because they didn't, some people didn't have losses from last year. Um, (laughs) So it's like when somebody makes a lot of money and they're like, I got to pay taxes on this now. And it's like, like, dude, you made a, you you made a great killing. And it's like, yeah, but taxes, don't forget about those. Exactly. It's like, do you want me to make your money or not? You know? So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Nobody's ever happy. We are uh, up against the clock here. Let's go ahead and uh, have, have folks call. We'll, we'll continue our conversation. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We will get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000. We'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Sounds great. Give us a call. It's 800-779-1942. 800-779-1942. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, a successful retirement plan has multiple income streams. There are plenty of strategies to achieve cash flow that you need in retirement. One way could be an annuity. Love them or despise them. They could be a solid tool in the retirement toolbox. We'll unpack the annuity pros and cons when we come right back. We are back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney and Joseph Lanza. I'm Steve Siddall, and we have been having a great conversation talking about, uh, in the first segment, we, we got into a little bit about the, the changes this year and things that are happening. And uh, Joseph, you mentioned something on the way out that I think we should follow up on. Yeah, so capital gains tax is a big issue as well. A lot of people, when they're talking about brokerage accounts or individual accounts or even real estate, if you own that asset for over a year, you're going to be looking at paying long-term capital gains tax. And the actual smallest bracket for this is 0%, the next one's 15%, and then 20%. And the IRS this year is raising those rates for what those brackets actually are, meaning you know they're raising the income level on that, which is a good thing. And I think a lot of people now, if we look at housing compared to the stock market, housing has really kept its steam, right? I mean, it's still pretty a, hot, a pretty hot market. So what I think a lot of people are doing is moving some more of those investment properties that they have, selling those off while the market is still hot, and now they're moving them into the market while the market is lower. Because we know as time goes on, you know, if the market has a 25-plus year, we know that that's not sustainable. It's not going to continue to do so. Same thing with real estate, right? The past two to three years of real estate is not sustainable. You're not going to see that every single year over and over again. But when you're changing sectors almost by moving out of real estate and now into the market when the market is low, that's the active management that can really make a huge difference in your overall net worth. 
Sure. All right. Good to know. 800-779-1942. All right. Let's get into annuities a little bit. And and I know, uh, Eric, you and, and really the team at WealthWorks Radio, you kind of, I mean, I know you, you talk a lot about annuities or you talk a bit about annuities, but, you know, I think your perspective is different than most advisors. Well, the difference is, is that, I mean, we take a look at somebody and we do a financial plan. And, and again, I say this time and time again, but purpose determines placement. And, you know, there's some advisors out there who only sell annuities. They believe, you know, annuities are the right thing for everyone. There's some advisors out there that believe brokerage account is for everyone. Um, there's some people that believe that mutual funds are for everyone. Uh, some people believe that uh, individual bonds are for everyone. We believe that there's a proper mix for every single client. And so what's interesting about that is, is that you're never bringing over anyone else's portfolio into a new client, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not like we say, hey, this is working for another client, take this one. No, we're building a portfolio specifically for that client's goals, objectives, timeframes, risk tolerance, and so forth. And so I don't know if we're gonna use annuities or not. Some people do not wanna use them. Some people won't invest unless it's an annuity. And I'll tell you what, the interesting thing is, is that we have a pretty cool system and it's not something that I wanna give out over the radio, but we actually have a very cool system that I've never seen used anywhere else. And it's where we actually delay and we reduce the market exposure over time, but we delay uh, that income for the client. And last year when the market went into a little bit of a tizzy, I'm like, hey, let's turn on your income. And they're like, we get that for life? And I'm like, yeah. And it's something that we've been building up for that client and they didn't even notice. I mean, they knew about it obviously, but they're like, I actually forgot we had this, right? And the interesting thing is, is that Every time you bring it up in the forward focus meeting with that client, you're, you're, you're addressing this, but people forget what they actually have. They actually forget what the strategy is. So, I mean, for last year, we were, we were able to turn on a massive amount of income um, that we had up in annuities and people are thrilled with it. It's guaranteed income for the rest of their life. And so, like I said, there, there gets to be a point where you don't want to worry about the stock market. And that's where the annuity could really take over. The problem I think with the majority of them is there's a lack of education. People don't understand how they fit in their time frame. People don't understand the advantages or the disadvantages because it's the, it's the same with a brokerage account. There's pros and cons. You have market exposure. Some people don't want that. So any, with any investment, there is a pro, there is a con. And you have to realize that. Sure. All right. So let's talk about what what they are and what they aren't. What do you like about annuities? What I like about them is, and Joseph can talk about this a little bit more, are the fees. There's a lot of fees that are less than 1% or no percent. Right. Um, there's also a lot of good guaranteed income products out there. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that there's a, a lot more living benefits to these than ever before. Um, and, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, like eight years ago, um, I wasn't really embracing them. But now the products have gotten so much better with living benefits and the fees have gone down that I think that they're a lot more attractive. And the other thing that I'll say is now that rates are going up, they're significantly more attractive because the caps are higher and there's a lot more um, better things about the current rates right now. It makes so, a huge difference from where they were. Massive difference. And I think a good a good way to look at this and the way that I look at it, especially focusing so much on financial planning, is I like to look at it almost like how gap insurance works. We know what you have coming into you. So if, let's say a client has a pension and a social security and that equals $70,000 a year of income that they're getting. Now, we know that their expenses are $85,000 a year. So what that means is they have a $15,000 shortfall in their financial plan, right? So then we know for that we have to pull from their brokerage accounts that 15,000. Or what we could do is separate part of their brokerage money to be able to provide them that $15,000 a year for the rest of their life, and then use the other part of their money to go into brokerage. And now we have a strategy of we're not having to pull money out of that other bucket that we want to grow in the market and it's almost like they're adding that pension onto their pension in order to keep up with their expenses each and every year so they're not having to stress that brokerage account and they're not as emotional when the market is up or down because they know that they have that income coming into them and that other bucket is for growth sure well and again i think that is one of the advantages of an annuity is that you know there is there is opportunity for market growth on upside but you're not going to lose anything on the downside i think that's what people really are beginning to embrace well, let, let's circle back to what Joey said, because 
basically what's happening is, is that early on in your retirement, you can actually stress your portfolio in your brokerage account. And so what you're doing is, is you're taking out a little bit more income from that than you really should be because knowing down the road, you can now de-stress that portfolio by turning on the income in the annuity that you are allowing it to grow. And so people, when they really take a look at the strategy and they take a look at the income plan, it really starts to make sense for them. We're actually reducing your market exposure. So now you don't have to worry about the market and you're still getting that income. There's a lot of technical things that are going on, but again, you wanna make sure that you're putting yourself through a process, through a system. Because let's face it, at 65 years old, we can take the stock market. At 70, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But at 75, a lot of people don't wanna have anything to do with the stock market, but they still need income. And so you still have to worry about required minimum distributions. You still have to worry about taxes, inflation, healthcare, and so forth. So again, you have to make sure that where your income is coming from makes sense. Sure. And so when it comes to annuities, where do taxes fit in? And, and are we subjected to a lot of taxes? I mean, if we're taking a look at putting an IRA into an annuity, then there's really no difference as far as taxes goes. Because if you invest an IRA in the market, when you pull money out of that account, then you're looking at all taxable income to you. Same thing with that annuity. When you put all IRA money into that annuity, when you start getting income from it, all those payments are going to be taxable income to you. If you're putting after-tax dollars into an annuity, they use an exclusion ratio, which basically looks at how much has the account grown by what percentage, and then whatever your payments are, that percentage of growth in that payment is going to be taxed at ordinary taxable income rates. So when you really think about it, if you're putting like a 401k or an IRA or part of it, right, maybe not all of it, but part of that into that annuity, the taxes are not necessarily treated any differently as well. Okay. All right. I like that. What about the complaint that, well, I, you know, I put money in an annuity and I, I, I have, don't have access to it. There's no liquidity. So when we talk with clients, you know, this is obviously probably one of the top cons that people have, right, is oh, a lack sure. of liquidity. And I, I, we completely agree. And what we always tell clients is we wouldn't be putting you into, you know, this annuity wouldn't be right for you if we thought that there would have to be an, a point of time when you had to pull all of this money out at once. Because almost every single, you know, we never put someone's whole net worth into an annuity, nowhere even close to that. So meaning, you know, when we're looking at this, we're taking liquidity into account for the financial plan as well. And if you really think about it, if you're putting an IRA, let's say, into an annuity, when you go to pull liquidity out of a regular IRA, you're getting taxed on that amount. I mean, it's very rare that you see someone say, you know, I had to pull 100 grand out of my IRA because of taxes you know, associated with that, of all taxable income on that. So it's going to be the same way in the annuity itself. Um, and a lot of annuities have 10% free partial withdrawals that you can take out at any year. So you know, if you put 400 grand in, you could still have access to that $40,000 that's available to you with no penalty. Okay. Wow, that's nice. And, and so there is liquidity depending on the plan that you put together. That's the, I guess that's the point that people need to understand, huh? Yeah, and it's, it, the, I think the point is that they're not for everybody. They work good for some people. They're, they're, you know, they're not for other people. What type of investor are you? Are you more an aggressive investor? Are you used to the stock market? Do you hate the stock market? What are your goals? How much income do you need? So, and then, you know, we, there's so many different kinds of annuities that you can use, just like how there's so many different kinds of stocks and bonds that you can invest in. So right. it's really just finding the right mix for that client and making sure it fits their situation. Before we run out of time, let's talk about how you get paid for an annuity and how other advisors get paid. I, I think it's important to understand that because it's a little different. So, I mean, there's some advisors who are going to get a very large commission up front, sometimes up to six or 7%. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, I mean, and so this is where you have to ask, okay, is this in your best interest or my best interest as the client? And so the, a lot of times I say, were you sold a product or were you provided with a solution? And so a lot of times we use an annuity product that's gonna pay us just like a brokerage account. We're receiving 1% per year for you know the next, let's say 10 years. Okay. Um, 10 years of that product, no different than a brokerage account. And so, but, but what it's doing is, it's, is reducing your market exposure. We still have to have it managed. It's still in the income portfolio. Um, and so what happens is, is we're actually managing it. So that's what people actually like is to know that when they have an insurance product, we're still sitting down with them doing a semi-annual review 
and still going over that annuity with them. Well, folks, let's uh, let's do that. Let's invite folks to call right now. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We will get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000 will be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Sounds fantastic. 800-779-1942 is all you have to do to get this ball rolling. 800-779-1942. That's 800-779-1942. Coming up on WealthWorks Radio, when faced with the loss of a spouse, there are many decisions that have to be made. A wrong financial decision can be costly. When we come back, mistakes to avoid when a spouse passes away. Welcome back. This is WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney, Joseph Lanza. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And of course, uh, we have been having a lively discussion today on a number of topics. And this is one, um, Eric, Joseph, that I, I think it's it's one that you have to deal with a lot more than, than a lot of people. But again, it's part of your job, but it's got to be a, a hard part of your job. It's very difficult. You get very attached to your clients, especially the ones that, you know, like we have clients that um, just are very appreciative of what, of what we do and we just have an incredible relationship with them. And uh, those clients we do end up getting very close to. And um, as a matter of fact, last week, uh, we just received an email that uh, we had a spouse that um, passed away very unexpectedly and it just blew us all away. And um, so again, it's, you know, when, when you're, when you have a larger practice, you know, you're working with a lot of great people and unfortunately things happen. Um, and so this is something where we really have to be prepared for, and um, it's not fun to go through it. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that everything transfers as smoothly as possible. They can still move on financially. They can be financially autonomous. Um, and this is where, you know, there, there's usually one part of the couple that really don't get into finances that much. But I think that we've done a really good job at implementing and educating both of those clients. So we say, look, if anything ever happens to one of you, at least you know who to call, at least you know how to act, you know, at least you know what to do and so forth. So we do have to be prepared for this. And, you know, it is sad. Um, it's a part of life, but like I said, it, it's something that we have to accept and, and, and take care of. So when someone, you know, in a situation like this where they, they're working with you and someone passes, then uh, is it right to call you first? I mean, I know that you are often one of the first calls that are made. Yeah, we typically are just to, you know, sometimes people need money for the funeral. Um, you know, that that's kind of the, the biggest thing. Or, you know, they're also concerned about income because, I mean, let's face it, we still have to pay the light bill. We have still still pay insurance and so forth. So we are, you know, one of the very first calls that we get and we've got to be prepared for that. And so we kind of, you know, it's all hands on deck. What do you need from us? What income do you need? Um, and so forth. And, uh, you know, because it's there's, there's obviously the emotional side of it, but then there's the financial side of it as well. Is there someone that you shouldn't call first? Maybe that's not a fair question, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to that. I mean, okay. because you know, when somebody passes away, it's just such an emotional event. So oh, sure, sure, who sure. knows? You yeah. Know? Well, and again, so but but again, it, there's a lot of moving pieces there, and and they are going to impact us even just from a tax filing standpoint. Yeah. So your your tax filing status could possibly change after your spouse passes away, and a lot of people can't ignore this. I mean. This could actually push you into a higher tax bracket, or it could also cause you to lose tax breaks. Um, my mom didn't file my father's death certificate in time, so um, she missed out on a few things. And, you know, that's why I had to say, Mom, you know, you got to get this done. And But it's hard for her. You know, my sure. dad's been gone for over four years now. And just the other night, she said, I, I still miss your father. And so, you know, they were married for well over 50 years. And uh, so 
it's difficult. And, you know, a lot of times it's hard for people to move on, but unfortunately, you know, life still moves on and you, and you have to make sure that you're, you're taking care of everything financially. Sure. One of the things that happens too is uh, the social security, you know, you got two checks coming in, suddenly there's one. How do we adjust for that? How do we adapt to that? Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, but normally if uh, one spouse is making more than the other on Social Security, it's just going to switch over to that larger amount. But still, that could be taking a huge chunk out of the income that you're actually receiving. So whenever we're running this in the financial, financial plan, especially if one spouse is um, typically a lot older than the other, we always want to run that, you know, eventually this is going to be cut down to just one stream of Social Security that's coming in. So you want to make sure that either your brokerage accounts or any type of investments that you have are able to make up that income so it doesn't feel like such a loss for the surviving spouse. Sure. But I mean, that's one of the things that working with with an advisor like you at, at Retirement Wealth is you're going to take care of that and, and you see that big picture and, and how it's going to essentially funnel down into, you know, from that couple to just one. Yeah, not only that, but also, you know, we work with CPAs, estate planners as well. So when somebody passes, you know, if we had, if the, all the ducks are in the row, it kind of makes it very simple as far as you know, that surviving, we want to make sure that surviving spouse doesn't have to deal with, you know, oh, I have to do this and my tax, you know, change this and my tax status, this and that. They're already working with the CPA or the estate planner as well, because you want to make sure things are as smooth as possible and as tax efficient of a transfer as well. Eventually, you know, if we're getting those named of their IRAs and become inherited IRAs or they're moving to the spouse, all those things, you want to make that as smooth as possible. It's like the last thing a person wants to deal with when they're mourning over the loss of their spouse. Of course. And so when, and again, Again, we talk about annuity income. We are just talking about annuities. So losing a spouse can impact an annuity? Yeah, or a pension even. I okay. mean, it's, it's important right. too when, when you're looking at um, survivorship. You know, you might see if, if you've looked at your pension or an annuity and they say joint and two-thirds, let's say. That means that, you know, you're entitled, joint surviving spouse is entitled to an amount, but it's only two-thirds of what your spouse was getting. Um, if it's just lifetime income or single income, then once that person passes, there's no other income that's going to the surviving spouse. Um, so a lot of times when we're running plans, and we could, we could actually help people decide if they're about to take a pension. Hey, can you run the numbers for me of what it looks like? If should I just run this single or should I run this joint? You know, depending on the age of between the clients and what that looks like over time with, within different scenarios as well. What if I, you know, what if something happens here? How does that affect the surviving spouse? So you want to be able to be aware of that too now, in order that way it's not a big shock to your spouse if you know they are losing that massive pension or a big annuity payment. Right, and one again, we also have to talk about uh, taxes on retirement accounts. You know, again, we still have to, if we're under 59 and a half, and I mean, I know that that's a situation that you must see where one of the spouse, the surviving spouse is younger than retirement age. Yeah. So, and you know, as we know, 59 and a half, they're not able to pull income out of that or any type of withdrawals because they're 10% early penalty. So um, a lot of times what you can do is actually transfer this into an inherited spousal IRA as well. It's probably the easiest and best thing to do. Um, as well as also when we're working with a younger client, you know, building funds on the side that are not qualified accounts, right? I mean, qualified accounts serve a purpose, but they have their pros and cons just like everything else. That one definitely being a con. And then the, um, the required minimum distributions. We've had, we've talked a lot about them uh, this year. We talk a lot about them regardless, but I mean, this year things changed. They changed a couple of years ago. How does that, how is that going to impact, um, you know, a couple when one passes away? So even when somebody turns 73, the distributions are required to come out of that account. Um, and we you know we've talked about before about the Secure Act, the first Secure Act that went through. If that's getting inherited by a non-spousal IRA, then they have to pull that whole account out within 10 years. So that affects it as well. If it's a spouse, uh, they can still stretch that over their lifetime. But let's say the spouse was 65 and the older spouse who passed was 74. They have to keep taking those required minimum minimum distributions because their spouse is already of RMD age. Okay, that makes sense as well. 800-779-1942. And so when someone passes, and, and again, just loosely on my own experience, but, you know, when my mom passed away first, my dad was left. And, and I mean, again, it was not the way it was supposed to be, but that's how it ended up. And again, right. he struggled so much in, in dealing with all of that and, and didn't wait. And, and he didn't, well, he waited too long to ask somebody for help. 
Yeah, and and here's the whole thing. I mean, it goes back to, you know, a spouse passing away is super emotional. And so really what you're trying to do is you're you're trying to make the financial process as easy as possible. And the biggest thing is is that you want that spouse to remain financially autonomous for the rest of their life. And what's interesting about our practice is is that we have an awful lot of widows that will call us and say, look, you know, my husband always took care of the finances or I know a little bit about the finances, but I wanna make sure that my money is gonna be okay the rest of my life. I wanna make sure that I'm covered for healthcare, long-term care. I wanna make sure that I have increasing income. And so being financially autonomous is key to a spouse. And so a lot of times they say, look, I wanna come in, I wanna be educated. I really want my own financial plan. And look, if you end up meeting somebody down the line, that's great. But if not, you know what your situation is. And I think that that's what a lot of people want, really want to know. Of course it is. And, uh, you know, the, so if you've got questions about what happens when or if this happens, I guess it's going to be a when, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it's it, unfortunately things come out of left field, you know, whether it's the death of a spouse or somebody gets sick or there's a child that needs to be taken care of, whatever happens. I mean, we have many clients who are actually raising a child, uh, raising their grandson or granddaughter um, just because of different circumstances that were unforeseen. So there's a lot of situations that come through that we have to financially plan for. So it's, you know, it, it's not if something's going to happen. You're, you're absolutely right, Steve. It's just a matter of when. Well, folks, if you want to get ready, you want to be prepared. And again, I think that's really what this is all about. Now would be a great time to give the folks a call at Retirement Wealth and get on the calendar and have that conversation. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We will get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Sounds great, folks. 800-779-1942. That's the number that can get the ball rolling here. It's a chance to get a true practical financial review. So if you're listening, just give us a call. It's 800-779-1942. It's an opportunity to get that roadmap to help guide you, to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800 That's 800-779-1942. Coming up next on WealthWorks Radio, my favorite part, questions from you and answers from us. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. This is WealthWorks Radio. We've been having a lively conversation today, as we usually do. Eric Carney is here. Joseph Lenz is here. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and this is the this is this time in the show where we actually hear from folks who are listening and they want to know stuff that we haven't touched on. And so we're going to get to that. And I know we were talking about the national debt clock uh, at the top of the show. Um, so we're, what, 45 minutes into this thing. What, what What's new? What's different? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, is that the debt per citizen, um, since I went to bed last night, has, has risen $3 per citizen. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so last night, um, per taxpayer is, so, so per Per citizen, apparently there's a lot of non-paying, tax-paying citizens, possibly children and so forth. But per taxpayer, we're up to $246,867. So, you know, basically if you're a taxpayer, I think if you can pay off your $246,000, they should just leave you alone with taxes the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so every citizen has to come up with 94 grand and we can pay this sucker down. But uh, I don't really see that happening, especially with 40,000 new immigrants in the New York City this week. Yeah, right. Exactly. But again, you look at this thing and, and uh, folks, you can see it at usdebtclock.org. But I mean, the numbers are just so constantly moving. They're and, just and- constantly. It's it's actually 
it's actually stressful to watch, right? I mean, when you really see this thing just going through the roof, it's like, I mean, it, it's mind-boggling how fast this thing just adds up. Um, I mean, it's it's constantly changing, um, and it's 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 scary. It really is amazing, and and I, I like I said, I mean, what we spend this much money on, who knows? Certainly not our country. I mean, all this money is going out to other countries. I mean. We owe the most money to Japan. That's the biggest country that we owe. Everybody assumes it's China, but China is actually number two. Um, UK being the third, and then Belgium, and then Luxembourg is the fifth. Luxembourg, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, we owe them a lot of money. Wow. <clears throat> they uh, For a little country, they uh, they uh, hold a lot of power. They sure do. Yeah. yeah. The um, You know, and I'm looking at this thing, the biggest budget items, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, defense, and the fourth biggest budget item is interest on the debt. That's right. That's exactly right, Steve. And so when you take a look at the first two, Medicare, that's why all these people in Congress don't want to do anything different with it, right? Right. And don't you dare mess with my Social Security, but then absolutely third is defense and war. I actually think that's going to go up in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, with, with everything that's going over to Ukraine right now, remember, we have to replenish that. And so the thing is, is that, you know, I think that that budget will increase, which means that, th- that there's going to be more spending. Um, it's just, like I said, the, the, the war in Russia and Ukraine is kind of a telltale sign of what's yet to come down the road. Now, hopefully it ends poorly for Russia. I mean, because like I said earlier in the show, I think it will. But like I said, hopefully, you know, it, it's going to kind of bring um, light to other countries that say, look, don't invade because it's not going to work out your way, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Yeah. You start to look at this. You're right. This is, this gets a little unnerving watching. It, it's thing. very unnerving. I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, and we've said this before, and there's a lot of people that say this before, too. But there's no business in this world that could ever sustain this kind of debt and still be in in business. It's just not going to happen. Just not going to happen. And again, folks, just for fun, I'm going to go ahead and put a link to the U S debt clock in the podcast part of the, in the notes in the podcast uh, for WealthWorks radio. Great. Cool. Uh, So folks can sit at home and get all weirded out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's all right. Well, we've got some questions to get to. I know we're going to talk a lot more about that next week. I'm looking forward to it. Let's uh, start with Michael in Naples. Michael says a coworker recently used the phrase mega backdoor Roth IRA. I pretended to understand, but in reality, I was completely confused. Now, I've heard you talk about Roth conversions on the show, but a mega backdoor Roth? Is that even a real thing? Sounds fancy. It does, (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) It is a real thing. Um, And this is kind of specific use of a Roth conversion is really what it comes down to. It's good for people that are over the Roth income limits, um, the regular Roth income limits. And it's, but there's a couple of things that have to happen. You have to be, have a 401k at work. You need to be able to make after tax contributions into that 401k. So there's very few 401ks that allow you to do this, but a lot of them will allow you to max out what you're currently able to give. So depending on if you're under 50 or over 50. It could be between 30,000 um, and then 22,500 right now. Um, and so you can put more than that in there, but it's after tax contributions. Now you also have to be able to do an in-service distribution. And basically what you're doing is you're putting a ton of after tax contributions into your 401k. And then you're almost immediately doing an after uh, in-service distribution to either the Roth 401k at work or an outside Roth. So, and then you have to pay taxes on that conversion as well. So there's a couple things you got to be able to, it's good for if you're over the income limits, you have to have a lot of after-tax savings, and then you got to make sure that your 401k can meet these different income limits, not income limits, but rulings, right? Because not every 401k is built the same. A lot of them have different rulings and regulations, and it depends on your company and your HR department, how they set that up. Okay. All right. Fair enough. The uh, So there you go, uh, Michael. Go ahead. Give us a call. It's 800-779-1942. Um, let's see. Andy's up next. Andy's in Elva. says, I'm 50 years old. I make 65000 a year. My company doesn't offer a 401k. But I recently opened a Roth IRA with a contribution of 10% of my paycheck. Now, is this a good investment for me? How much can I expect to make in 10 years when I am planning to retire? So this is a great question. And and being 50 years old, super young, and really concerned about socking away money for retirement, 
I think the Roth IRA is probably the most underused tool out there in the workforce. Uh, I think that people just, you know, barely open up a 401k. Um, you know, it really should be encouraged more. Um, the older coworkers should be um, actually helping people set these up. I think that human resources should be reaching out to more people and really educating them. And I'm not slamming human resources, but unfortunately, a lot of human resources don't really understand the different tools to these. And so we actually had uh, one person call us and they said, hey, I'm head of HR. I really don't understand this. You know, this is not my forte, but we'd like somebody to come in and talk to us. And I was like grateful for that because I was like, you know what? We will educate them, you know, and, and uh, we went in there and we had a great discussion and everybody ended up opening up all new accounts, which is fantastic. So the thing is, is that, you know, what you really want to do, Andy, is, is have an income blend plan built for you that really explains and forecasts how much your savings would be based on a certain rate of return over time so that you can see if it's sufficient enough money for you to provide the income that you need in retirement. And a lot of people don't think that. They just think, you know, I'm just going to keep socking money away, but that's not always the best thing. You you really want to know is if it's going to be enough for you. Sure. 800-779-1942. And uh, Andy, if give us a call. Come on in, have that conversation. Uh, let's see. Janet is in Port Charlotte. Uh, she says, my mother-in-law is 61. That's near retirement for her. She's, uh, she has savings, but nothing invested in the way of employer plans like IRAs. The initial plan has been to live within her means and rely on Social Security. Now, could she invest in bonds or maybe an index fund, or is there a structured plan you'd recommend? Well, with her being at 61, depending on what her retirement age she wants to have, there could, there's still an accumulation phase that's going to happen there where she could still start to put money away. And even though they're after tax savings, I mean, a lot of people think that because they don't have those employer plans or those IRA plans, then they don't really have a retirement setup. But those brokerage accounts just have, have great pros to them as well. That's all after tax dollars. You're only taxed on the gains of that account. And like we talked about earlier, you can do tax loss harvesting on those accounts as well. So that could definitely become a brokerage account for her that we could then structure to have it di different amounts of income come out to her depending on you know what her expenses are and what she needs. What does she need on top of Social Security depending on when she wants to retire? Well, and here, here's the other thing that I want to butt in here about. Yeah, good. But um, I mean, people people attach an investment according to an age, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're near retirement age, so we have to be in a bond. That's no, get away from that because last year people got crushed in bond funds. I mean, and so people that were uber conservative, you know, had negative double digit returns last year. And so, I mean, that makes a huge difference. So please, if you're out there, and the other thing is too is target date funds were a huge injustice to a lot of people last year. And we proved that to a few new clients in the past few weeks. They're like, I had no idea. I thought this was safe. This was based on my age. Please do not equate a certain investment to your age. That is that is absolutely 25, 30-year-old thinking right there. Okay. Well, yeah, good to know. Um, let's see. we got time for one more. Let's go to Randy in Cape Coral. Says, uh, what's a good rule of thumb to use when it comes to budgeting for long-term care insurance? Uh, there's a loaded question. Well, what we do is we take a look at all 50 states. We have some pretty cool software. And believe it or not, like if you're in New Jersey, long-term care is significantly more expensive than it is in Florida. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot of people that live in Florida, get sick, and actually move back to where they came from because there are uh, families in the area. And so we have to worry about, okay, Florida is a tax-friendly state. Where are you moving back to? Now you may have uh, state taxes that we have to deal with, which means it could affect your Social Security, which means it's also going to affect you know how much we're taking out of the plan. But also long-term care could be significantly higher. So it really depends on the state where you are. Um, the funds that you have, the, the products and tools that you have, and are you able to self-fund for long-term care insurance? There's a lot more that goes into this than just buying a long-term care policy, and there's a lot of people that actually don't need those. Okay. All right. Good to know. The um, We have uh, pretty much run up against the clock once again. Uh, been a great show. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call one last time. 
Thanks, Steve. Hey, guys, great show. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. If you're out there, you're looking for a second opinion, or you feel like you're out there in a financial no-man's land, give us a call today. We're going to take the next five callers who are in need of that financial plan that is missing. If you're serious about your finances, this is a great opportunity for you. We'll create a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000. Let's give it away. Absolutely complimentary. No obligation to the next five callers who have saved at least $500,000 for retirement. And what this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. We're going to map it out. We're going to run all the reports for you the fee report, the Morningstar reports, a tax analysis, maybe a volatility analysis. Let's see where it takes you. Let's see where that plan leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your portfolio and again, without any obligation. If you're interested in your very own income plan, we'll show you proven strategies and techniques to turbocharge your retirement income. In short, we're going to take all the guesswork out of financial planning. So again, for the next five callers, a full-blown comprehensive financial plan review, it's over $1,000 value. We'll be giving it away. Complimentary, no obligation. Call us today. Make that call while you're thinking of it today, folks. 800-779-1942. It's a comprehensive financial review. It's no cost, no obligation. Get your questions answered now. Call us, 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. Eric Joseph, as always, a pleasure to be here. My favorite hour of the week. It goes by so quick, and I love the, the information. Steve, thank you so much. Joseph, great job. Everybody out there, thank you again so much for listening. Remember, you only retire once. Let's get it right the first time. Have a great week and an even better retirement. Eric Carney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by RWA. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida. Insurance license number P138852. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and make full disclosures of any conflict of interest, if any exists. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system. Designed by determining the amount of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate, WealthGuard is added to a client's account to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or assets will be traded or liquidated the same day due to time of day or market restrictions. 